What's up, Boston? You're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM, Boston's community radio station. I am your host, Samboni Jones, and this is another edition of WBCA Producer Spotlight, the show where you get to know our community producers. If you don't know, WBCA is a peg access community station, and all of our producers and radio hosts are Boston residents themselves coming from your community. So to spotlight them and make sure you get to know them, WBCA produces this here show, WBCA Producer Spotlight. Joining us today, the host of Observations from the Trenches, which airs on uh, Wednesdays at 6 p.m. on WBCA, the one and only, the illustrious Larry Higginbottom. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, Larry. My pleasure, my friend, my pleasure. <laughs> How does it feel to, to be in the other half of the studio instead of behind the board here? It feels good. It feels good. Different but good. <laughs> <laughs> to be interviewed for once. Yes, indeed. Because you also have a TV show, too, yes. through BNN. What's yep. the name of your TV show? Families again? Do Matter. Families Do Matter. Mm-hmm. And you are usually doing the interviewing on that yep, show. I'm the host. Yes, so indeed. now the, the tables have turned. The turned of tables. Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, to begin here, I'm um, just going to have you introduce yourself a little bit, a bit of your background. Like, where did you grow up? How did you end up here in Boston? And uh, which neighborhood do you currently reside in? Okay, good. Uh, my name is Larry Higginbottom. Uh, I was born in 1953 in a place called Madison, Mississippi, a uh, very small town. Uh, I'm the oldest of eight children of the late uh, Leola and Mac Higginbottom. May God bless his soul. Uh, we lived in uh, Birmingham as a youth. Then from Birmingham to Memphis, Tennessee, back to Birmingham. We was part of that great southern migration of blacks leaving uh, the south, heading head north, east, and west. My folks chose to come to Boston. I thank God for that. Uh, I attended Dudley School, uh, went to Timber Junior High School, went to Brookline on Medco. Uh, I'm a graduate of UMass Boston. I got my master's from Timmins College in, in, in 1998. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker by trade. And I also own a mental clinic, one of the few black-owned clinics in the state. Uh, Thank God for that since, night, since uh, 2002, I believe. Uh, we currently employ about 40 different uh, contractors. We got contracts with both uh, the state, uh, service in DCF families, and also with Medicaid. We do in-home support services. Uh, God put on my spirit. He had to go in the house and work with families to see how they're faring, where you can intercede on the spot. So I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing. And uh, I lived in Roxbury, Dorchester. Uh, I, I currently live in Canton, where I've been out there since 2002. But my office is located 184 Dudley Street in Roxbury, inside of Hibernian Hall. Uh, we're there every day, uh, doing what we do. So it's, it's been a pleasure uh, to be in this field, but also to be in, in folks' homes to see how folks are faring, uh, to see how, uh, for many people, uh, policies ain't working for them. So that's a little bit about me. What what do you think are some of the biggest issues affecting the families that you visit on a daily basis? Somehow we have forgot about uh, having standards, you know, principles to live by. This, this, this current do your thing, anything permissible society, uh, you know, don't judge me society. Uh, we have lost sense of standard. Uh, we've all also lost the sense of having a coherent family. You know, intact family. A lot of the uh, young folks we services through DCF and Medicaid uh, are female-headed families, and all the research shows that those young kids 
right, for the most part, fare worse than kids who are raised in two 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 parent households. Uh, and you find that a lot of these uh, parents, right, are overextended, uh, overstretched, uh, lacking uh, both uh, financial resources, physical resources, mental maturity. Uh, so kids end up not getting what they need uh, because you got uh, someone trying to navigate two or three kids. So you overstretch, you over, you're emotionally overtaxed, physically overtaxed, and you're financially over, overtaxed. And so kids end up being uh, receiving what's called a short end of the stick, compared to kids coming out of homes with two parents. You got you got to get what's called a helpmate. And we went down the wrong path in the, in the '60s when we adopted that uh, that bailout from the government. Uh, you know, welfare uh, section eight. Uh, you know, I will be your man because I'm. A, you know, you can't have a man in the house and get and get uh, get 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 uh, support from the government in that time. In that time. And folks develop that 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 uh, mentality where I don't need the father, you know, because why I got I got Mr. Government gonna step in and, and give me a Section Eight and give me food stamps and give me this and give me that, and uh, understanding right that those crumbs would lead I think to the uh, 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 implosion of the black family, and I think the results speak for themselves. It was a terrible, terrible move, but it was based on racism, because if you are pro family. Who hires the black man? You have the company. You have the contracts. So it's not like, you know, they weren't seeking employment. You wouldn't hire them. Because of your contempt and hate for the group, all right, because of racism in this country, you know, we'll take care of the children. We make sure that men can be the, be the provider, as men are across uh, the spectrum of different different groups. So what do men do? Men going to men gonna, uh, provide legally or illegally. So many turn to what? Vice and crime. Vice and crime. And so, again, that has perpetuated the, the community throughout, this United, throughout this, this United States. But it all goes back to that law. What started in the 60s, you can have no man in the house to receive those crumbs called federal benefits. And so some bad habits were developed out of that. And then came uh, the, explosion, the, the explosion of drugs. Was 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 also uh, added to that to that uh, terrible terrible uh, policy decision. So we we'll see in the the aftermath of that right now. Couple questions. I've uh, this question. Um, I've always wondered why you chose the name Osiris Group for the organization. Mm-hmm. Good question. At the time I was married uh, to uh, my wife Deborah, Be- Deborah Bellinger Higginbottom, we are now divorced. And when I was uh, looking to start this company uh, in 2000, 2001, you know, she said, okay, name it Osiris. Osiris. What is Osiris? She said, Osiris is an uh, Egyptian uh, pharaoh. Legend had that his brother, Seth, Seth, spelled S-E-T-H, cut him all up, put his, took, took his body parts them all over the, uh, the desert floor, and Isis, his queen, put him back together. So the connection was we are in the business trying to put black put back black families, trying to put them back together. So she added the word Osiris, I threw in the word group, voila, there you go. <laughs> it was it. Yeah, I forget the feud that Osiris and in in the set or Seth were, were fighting about. But as you said, uh I, I don't know if it's Seth or Seth chopped them into however many pieces. Yes. They had to search the globe to find all those pieces, but they couldn't they they couldn't find one of those pieces. 
I don't, um, you don't have to recall. I know. <laughs> right, right, right. So they had to like fashion some magical piece and uh, to put them back together. Um, when you uh, go out to your constituents' homes, right. what is it exactly that you that you are doing there? Like you're trying to get them help. You help them how? Like physically or or, or researching with them or trying to get them into programs? What right. is it? Great question. There's, 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 there's two angles. If the case is a uh, case through Medicaid, right, then you're going to have to do clinical mental health work. You must have a diagnosis. It can be depression. It can be hostility. It can be anything. You must have, you must have a diagnosis from, from DSM-5. They are based on those symptoms, right, your job, right, to try to uh, um, minimize those uh, symptoms, right, uh, also uh, help clients to uh, live with those symptoms, but also, but you know, if they need meds, you can you can you can always recommend that, right? But you uh, you have to address those symptoms that which are causing problems in that young person's uh, mental uh, uh, capacity, you know, because you're there as a mental you know clinician. You can also do case management while you're there. You can do it as well, put in services. You might do school visit, help them with housing, if they need, you know, uh, or need employment, uh, doing family therapy. But you're there and in a clinical therapeutic uh, fashion. If, if you're there through a DCF contract, we also have a contract with DCF, right? You're there mostly doing case management. Although you're doing cl- clinical work as well, you do family therapy, right? But you're there, you know, uh, putting in services. They might need services through um, counseling. They might need housing. It might be immigration. There might be uh, 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 food insecurity. So there you do a combination of both, both clinical and also uh, uh, case management. So it all depends on uh, which contract you're coming under? Is it a, is a straight DCF contract, right? Or is it Medicaid? Where if it's Medicaid, it's more clinical. It's more about mental health. Yeah, and that determines which type of care exactly. you'll give them. Exactly. What's your favorite part about doing the work that you do? Freedom, because I have the autonomy, right? You know, I'm not on I'm not I'm not on a 95 schedule. Uh, we we see folks by appointments that works for them. I'm in their home. Right? I'm on their turf. I get to see how they are existing. I get to see how the families function, their resources. Uh, I also get to see how they interact with their children and vice versa. I also get to see, uh, you know, uh, how they respond to stress from children, how they deal with things. And so you can intercede at that moment all right, when you're teaching. The essence of, of our model, my belief, was you got to teach folks something. You got to teach folks what they don't know. If they knew better, they'd do better. So the focus was to be in the house. We're there three times a week on like alternating days. It might be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, two to thirty Saturday, or Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. And the reason why I wanted to do that, right? I wanted to, you know, see you on a Monday, give you an, give you an opportunity right, to practice what we've been doing, you know, because you know you're trying to learn them new skills. But also, learning new skills comes through what repetition. This once a week, right? Which that model might work might work for some family. But it doesn't work well for the family that we work with. So to teach them a new set of skills, you got to see them often and frequent. And you got to be in their environment because many will not come to the clinic on a consistent basis. So I knew I had to be in the house uh, on that turf, but you, you need folks who are comfortable being in the environment. Because while a lot of these, these, these are working class people, all right, uh, you ain't going out to the suburbs. You're not dealing with the Clintons or the Trumps or like the Obamas. Yeah. You know what I mean? These are working class folks, and you got to be comfortable in their turf and their environment. Yeah, and they have to be, and they have to be comfortable 
with you as exactly. well. They have to feel like you are one of them and you're, you've been through the same type of things. That really helps. So we're going to take a short uh, music break here on WBCA Producer Spotlight. This is WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. I'm your host, Samboni Jones. We are joined by Larry Higginbottom, the host and producer of Observations from the Trenches. I almost said it like how you do when you when you open the show. baby. When we return with Larry, we'll start talking about BNN and WBCA, how Larry got started here, and more about his show. Um, like I said, we're going to take a musical break. Uh, this song you're going to listen to is called Violet by Notebook P. And uh, this song was actually performed and recorded here in studio at WBCA on our WBCA Presents show. If you are interested in submitting your music to be aired on WBCA or even coming in to perform your songs on WBCA, you can head over to the WBCARadio.org website and there you'll find easy instructions instructions on how to submit your music. So again, WBCA Producer Spotlight with Larry Higginbottom. I am Zamboni Jones. This is 102.9 FM and this song is Violet by Notebook P. You could call me amazing But the way you focused on your goals You grow It shows me that you're the replacement And the way your clothes fit in your mold Gets me going way however long just to taste it These days I move cautious Around you I'm too open More than enough places Needed as a token Baby, I'll be ready, baby. 
Violets by Notebook P. Again, that song was performed right here in our WBCA studios for our WBCA Presents show. Again, you can head over to our website, wbcaradio.org, and you can submit your music to our station. That's if you're a Mass resident, Massachusetts resident. And you can also sign up to perform in studio for a WBCA Presents show. Welcome back to WBCA Producer Spotlight. I am your host, Zamboni Jones, and we are joined by Larry Higginbottom today, the host and producer of Observations from the Trenches. That is on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. on WBCA 102.9 FM. Make sure you tune in. Now, in the last segment, speaking to Larry, we mentioned that WBCA is a peg access station serving the, uh, the neighborhoods of Boston. Any resident of Boston or nonprofit organizations serving Boston can also become members of WBCA and BNN, and they can learn how to produce their own radio and TV shows. You can find out how to do so by going to bnnmedia.org, and uh, at the top there will be a Get Involved tab, and you can learn how to become a member, and then you could take some workshops and learn how to produce your own shows, or if you already are producing content and you would like us to air it, you can find out how to do that there as well. So this leads me now, Larry, to how did you get started at BNN and WBCA? Oh, wow. Are we going back to uh, 2001? You guys are located down in Washington, Washington Park Mall down on Warren Street. And I wanted to have uh, a platform to speak from what I was seeing out in the community, in these, in these families. I don't, I don't think that was being expressed. So uh, a friend told me about being in, you know, and I went there and I did the training down there, uh, downtown, he's located downtown. I went, went for the training down there. And once I got certified, I was gonna do my shows there in the uh, studio down there on Warren Street uh, with Barbara and Keith at the time, you know. But I wanted to have a platform because I thought a lot of things that were affecting uh, my community and people I saw was not being spoken to, you know. And so my first show down there was called The Black Perspective. You know, I wanted to speak from what I was seeing, how things were affecting us. So that's how I got started, you know, with have a platform just to uh, say, hey, uh, this is what I'm seeing out here. Yeah, do you think that, because one thing I'm very proud about WBCA mm-hmm. is we are really a platform for free speech. You can talk about whatever... But like we never come to Larry, we never go to any producer and tell them what they can and can't say. Right. Now we do have FCC, we do have FCC regulations, right. which which some which can be, um, you know, some something to always keep in mind. But there's a way for you to communicate anything, any opinion, any belief that you have, right. any kind of art that you want to get across, any type of message. There is a way to get that uh, message across. The next thing I want to ask you is for someone who's who's never listened to observations from the trenches, how would you describe your show to them? Well, this show, right, focuses on American-born blacks, or ADOS, as I identify as the stand for American descent of slave. Again, I'm not, I'm not against any group, but I think my group's uh, issues have been totally taken off the board. And it's now in what I call people of color, all right, minorities, you know. So, but those issues was never addressed by the civil rights, by the civil rights uh, movement or bill. And they, they've been co-opted with my, anybody that comes under that. So being out in the trench, I get to see how, how there are uh, a lot of our people, right, who just got left behind. So what was intended for uh, a black American uh, based on civil, civil rights bill, right, has been usurped and now applied to everybody. It was never intended for everybody. 
And so being out in the trenches gave me a, a good seat to see how things are not functioning well for this group. And that's why all the literature that I've read and the, and the stats I'll be quoting from recent recent, recent uh, research shows that my group, for the most part, by 2053 will be a permanent uh, uh, um, underclass with no wealth. So, again, if you don't take action now, well, that means in 30 years, right, you know, you're really going to be under. And most people are already underwater. So, again, not to offend anybody, not to grieve anybody, but my focus is on my group, right, offending nobody, against nobody. And I'm, I'm able to say that, thank God, with this platform to that group. Yeah, and I like how you whip out the literature sometimes. And I like how you, on your show you have an emphasis of trying to get people to do their own research, exactly. trying to make sure that people educate themselves. You also have an emphasis on improving your um, your in your position in society. So getting an education, perhaps going into a trade, kind of trying to move yourself up in society mm-hmm. and in ADOS in general, like mm-hmm. what they can do. Um, you know, to to group together to make their to make their climb up the societal ladder even like easier, and to also, as you mentioned a lot on your show too, uh, leave something behind for the next generation, yes, like improve the wealth for the next generation. Exactly, and again, I, as you know, I, I strongly encourage folks right how they must acquire what I call essential high income skills. America is a great country. Haven't been blessed to travel. I will not take it away from her. She's a great, great, great place to be if you possess a certain level of wealth and you're comfortable, right? It's a great place to be. If you don't, you're going to struggle. It's bottom line. It's a very expensive place to be. But if you possess essential high income, high income skills, you will do very well here. I had to go back and upgrade my skills. That's why I say we came out of home where, they, where there was no wealth, which meant there was no inheritance. You started from zero. You started from scratch. The only saving grace in America for adults, I believe, is labor. If you understand the importance of labor, figures in everything, the more essential your labor is, right, the more you can extract as far as compensation. So, again, if you possess essential high-income skills, you're going to do well no matter who's in office, be it Bush, Trump, uh, be it uh, the mayor, the governor, they can come and go. But because your labor is essential and needed, you're going to always, always be very comfortable in this great country called America. I also like how you talk about news and current events mm-hmm. a lot, too, and your um, commentary on like uh, celebrities and, and popular uh, media and popular music. Right. Um, do you think that... And do you think that BNN and WBCA being peg access station that serves the communities of Boston, how important is that for these neighborhoods of Boston? Essential. It's essential that people have a uh, a platform where they can come and speak from their perspective what they see and have the freedom right to express different points of view. I tell folks, my belief, my point of view might not sit well with everybody. But it counters what's out there now. So again, this here allows me and folks like me to be able to speak from our worldview, from what I'm seeing, you know. That's why I tell folks, you know, some might agree with some of it, not at all, but it's out there. We need a opposing worldview to contrast currently what's out there. Because what's out there is not working for the group. That's, 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 that's the known fact. It's not working. Yeah, contrasted to the big corporate media outlets that that um, you know just sell you whatever narrative, the narrative that they want you to 
to follow along with. Exactly. It's in, it's important for the the local communities to get their news out there, their own events out there, their own opinions. Um, we have a few, just a three about three minutes left here. The, this last question I want to throw at you, again, you've been listening to WBCA Producer Spotlight on WBCA 102.9 FM Boston, Boston's community radio station. I am your host, Sam Boney Jones, joined by Larry Higginbottom today, the host and producer of Observations from the Trenches. Tune into that Wednesdays at 6 p.m. The last question I want to, I want to throw to you here is, what advice do you have for new BNN WBCA producers, someone just becoming a member? Well, speak on things that are pertinent to you, things that matters to you. And I speak on things that, are, that, are, that matters to me. So it's not like uh, it's being forced. It's things I believe in. And so if you got something that you are passionate about, uh, that you want to have a platform and speak to that, right, this will be a, a nice venue, right, to do that. And so, again, you ain't got to be an expert, which I'm not, or professional, which I'm not. I just, I just talk, you know, from my perspective. So, but, you know, the very relaxing, comfortable atmosphere are here. And uh, you got all the support that you need. And just, just speak about things that are true to your heart, that you want to put out there in the atmosphere for folks to consider. And uh, the rest will, will, you know, and also you get better as you go along. You get more comfortable doing this here. So, you know, the platform's here. So, you know, take advantage of it. Do you think that you've you've learned a lot from from being here? Do you think that this has bettered your tra- trajectory, the skills, and the people you've met? Exactly, because you know it allows me right to to, to expand my horizon. It allows me to, to see things from a different perspective. A lot of folks uh, hear my show and we talk in the community. They might not call in from up, when I'm upstairs doing doing the uh, live on television, but they hear and they give me feedback. They say, you know, right on there, well, they are different with you, but at least they're, they're hearing it and they're seeing a different uh, viewpoint out there in the airways. So um, I'm grateful for that. Yeah, and you can also consider it as you're doing a community service, too, like you're informing the community or you're entertaining the community as well. Exactly. And that's uh, part of our, our nonprofit uh, mission here. Exactly. Again, so we're just about out of time here on WBCA Producer Spotlight. You are listening to WBCA 102.9 FM Boston. I am your host, Zamboni Jones. Today, we were joined by Larry Higginbottom. Larry, thank you so much for coming on today. My pleasure. And I'm glad. Uh, thanks for letting our audience uh, know who you are and where you're coming from. Appreciate it. Again, tune into Observations from the Trenches every Wednesday, 6 p.m., and you can hear Larry's take on the world <laughs> as, <laughs> as it is. All right. Thank you, for everyone, for listening. And... This has been another edition of WBCA Producer Spotlight.